James. James chapter number two. James chapter two. I'm going to start reading in verse number 14. When you get there, you can say amen. James chapter 14. You know, I just realized that we did lose an hour last night. Is anybody affected by that? Is anybody tired in the house? Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right, verse 14. Are you there? James chapter 2. So what does it profit my brethren if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed, field, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, listen to this, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works. And by works, faith was made perfect or complete. Mm. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Let's pray. Father, We thank you for your word, the power, the authority of your word. God, we thank you for the examples of men and women of old who closed the mouths of lying, destroyed devils, wrought down kingdoms because they believed your word. God, we thank you for that great man who is called the father of our faith. Abraham, a man who had crazy faith. God, may you help us today to capture in real time what it really means to be a people of faith. Our hearts are open. Our spirits are submitted to your spirit. Speak, God, like only you can. 
God, we will anxiously await what you have to say to us today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God. We kicked off the series last week entitled Homeland. And this series is really dealing with things that are eternal, mainly within our church, but also the church overall. And we begin talking about the things that we need to do as a people internally inside the house so that we can be a people that can maximize our evangelistic opportunity to bring those who are on the outside into the church, which is God's kingdom. And so last week, we talked about relating well, which was our subject last week. We talked about the importance of, of how we communicate with one another. We talked about there's power in relationships, and, but relationships don't always go right. There's, there's sometimes there are conflict that happens in relationships. So we talked about last week how to resolve conflicts. Because how many know that as long as we're on the earth, as long as there is a church, how many know that within the church, I don't care what church you go to, how many know that at some point in time you're going to run into some conflict with somebody? Is par for the course. So we took a look at the word of God to know how we are to address those issues. And then we talked about gossip in that message. We talked about how destructive gossip can be. We talked about how that gossip really is a sin and it is something that we ought to avoid at all costs because it is, it is counterproductive to what God is trying to build in and through us. We also, in that message, we highlighted the fact that we need to use our words to edify and build up one another. Edify and build up each other. It's so important that we do those things because these are important keys to developing healthy relationships. And so we want to talk about another aspect that we need if we're going to be an effective church, if we're going to be a church that is on the move of what God is doing, if we're really going to impact our generation and make a difference, how many know that we have to have faith? Look at your neighbor and say, faith. <sighs> Look at your neighbor and say, faith. There we go. I want to say this, church, to all of us in here. I'm your pastor, and I'm speaking to you. And I've been walking in faith. For many years, and I've seen and I've experienced so many different things within my life of being a Christian. But one of the things that I have come to understand, it is so critical, it is so important that no matter what we go through as a church, no matter what we experience, no matter what challenges we face, no matter where we find ourselves, one thing I know for sure is that we must maintain our faith in God. We must be a people that believe. And when I say that, I'm not, I'm not saying that by way of just, a, uh, just something that we casually say, because sometimes we say that and we throw around believe. But I'm talking about a kind of belief that changes our actions. You see, put it this way. Let me know that a dying church is not a church necessarily with fewer people. 
Uh, let, me, let me put it this way. Y'all remember the children of Israel. God said, he said, he said concerning Israel, he said, I chose you not because you was the, 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 the biggest of nations or the most populated of nations. He said, I chose you because you're the smallest of, of nations. How many know that God always takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? God always specializes in using what would appear to be weak and significant and demonstrating his power. How many of the disciples were considered uneducated men, not all that bright by the world standards, right? They, they had no reputation, but how many know that God changed the world with 12 people? It didn't take a whole lot, and how many know we got more than that in here today? So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, get your faith up. Come on, look at them. Say, get your faith up. See, a dying church is not a church with fewer people, but a dying church is a church that stopped believing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, once, see, once a people stop having faith, once a people stop believing in God, you're already dying. You're already cut off. Because everything God does, everything that God does in the earth through his people, he do it through a people that will believe him. And so we must be a people that believe him. In fact, I, I love this verse. This is a verse, I, I just wrote this down. It's 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It says, watch this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Think about it, God, his eyes. Watch, watch his eyes. What is he doing here? What is this verse saying? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Simply put, God's eyes is running through and forth throughout the whole earth. God is looking for somebody who would believe him. God is looking for somebody who's willing to step off of the deep edge. God is, for, God is looking for somebody who, was, who was in the spirit of Isaiah would say, Lord, send me. I'll be the one. I'll walk on that water. I'll go into that place. I'll go into that city. I'll go in that community. Lord, send me. God is looking for a people that would believe him. He's, even at this very moment. Think about the children of Israel. And we read about it, and we read about it, and there were so many things that the children of Israel went through, as we read in the Old Testament. But you got to understand that, that, that out of all the things that God was displeased about with the people of Israel over and over again, it doesn't matter how you cut it. You can cut it four, five, six, twenty, thirty different ways. No matter how you cut it, the thing that got God upset more than anything else with regard to his people, was the fact that the people didn't believe him. Even when, Jesus, when, 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 when God parted the Red Sea, he performed miracles, and, 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 and God told them through the prophet, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do great things, I'm going to take you this, to, to a land of promise. One minute they were dancing, and then the next, whenever they faced some trials, how many know you're going to face some trials? Come on. But see, and whenever they faced some trials, Whenever they came up against some hardship, whenever they came up against a, a place where it seemed to be no water, how many know that one time they got mad and they said, we are thirsty, give us some water? How many know that we're going to have times in our lives where there are going to be some dry seasons? Amen. Oh, y'all not, not praying with me. 
And, and it's in those dry seasons, come on church, that you got to remain faithful. When it seems like nothing else is moving or happening around you, that is the time to activate your faith. And consequently, that's the time when a lot of folks shrink back. Because somehow, some way, they haven't processed that this is part of God's plan for our lives. And so understand something. For Foundation Church, there's no difference. There's no exception. See, we must possess a faith that is forceful, tenacious, and unwavering. We must be a people that decide that we are going, listen, we got to make up a choice. Either we're going to sink or swim. How many know when you quit, you sink? Come on. When you quit, you sink. Some of you are going through some things. I want you, when you quit, you sink. But how many know when you activate your faith, now you're swimming? Faith will keep you above the water. Faith will, 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 will keep you in times of doubt. Faith will keep you when it seems like everything else is coming against you. That is the time to hunker down, set your anchor down, and say, I will not be moved. How many believe God? Oh, come on. How many believe God? You see, it is not about you. It's not about your power. How many know that when you got saved, you, listen, you had no power. You still got no power without him. So anything God does, he's going to, watch this, he's going to empower you to do it. But what does he want from you? He just wants you to say, God, I believe you. Uh, God, go, God, go, though all of this is happening around, and, 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 and how many know, church, that with everything coming up against the church and, you know, churches are in decline in some areas and things are happening and it seems like there's great opposition against the people of God. It seems like as the time goes, the people are becoming more and more cynical, more and more antagonistic toward the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is not a time to sit down and say, well, you know what, maybe maybe I just need to just sit down and just wait for Jesus to come. That devil is a liar. You are not called to sit and wait for Jesus to come. You are called to get up off of your behind and get into the harvest field and get moving, get working. That's what he's called us to do. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And you know, as it was in Jesus' day, it still is today. But it doesn't have to be that way. So what is biblical faith? I, I like James. Because I'm a very practical person. Anybody that's known me for any length of time, you know, I believe faith is spiritual and faith is practical. I'm a very practical person. So I like to see how things work. I like to see it walked out. And James is very, he, he deals with faith. In James chapter 2 in the passage that we just read, he deals with faith in a very, very practical manner. Because in the first verse, and I'm not going to read it all, I'm just going to highlight a couple of things, but, but James starts by arguing that, 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 that a said faith has no weight. A said faith. A faith that just talks. In fact, he, 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 he takes this particular passage, and James' whole, his whole point, because how many know you say by grace through faith that not yourself the gift of God? Right? You know you're saved by grace through faith. But a person that has truly been impacted by God, how many know 
they, you're going to see some fruit somewhere, some 30, some 60, some, but you're going to see, if you see no fruit, check yourself. But understand something here. What James is really doing is, James is going to show us what real authentic faith is. See? James takes the time to say, I'm going to show you what real faith is. And James used some very practical things because it, apparently in his day, there were a lot of people saying stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people saying stuff now, right? Oh, I believe God. But then you look at their life, there's no, there's no evidence that they believe anything that they say. Eh? So James says, I want to deal with that. James says, you say you have faith, then, then I want to, he, say, he says, uh, show me. He said, if you say you have faith just by words, he said, I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, real faith always attaches itself to some kind of action. Are y'all listening to me this morning? So James makes it clear. And this is why James very clearly says, he says, faith without works is dead. He, he, he said, look, if you're just talking a good game, saying all these wonderful things. So, so, and I had to learn that. I, I had to learn that years ago when I used to go out in the street and I used to, you know, when I was doing like street ministry really heavy. And I would go out there and we had these times, of, you know, times we were scheduled to go out in the street and, 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 and I would just get somebody and I would just say, repeat after me, say these words. If you don't want to go to hell, say these words. Well, sure, if I ain't going to go to hell, man, if I, all I got to do is say the words. I'll say the words. And then I used to wonder how come a lot of these people that were saying the words that I was still seeing the same people out on the street. They wanted nothing to do with God. Faith without works is what? Dead. And, and, and it's more than just talking, but it's acting. Look at the name and say, you got to act like it. Now watch. James, James drives on the point. He says, look at this in James 2.17. He says, though also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. But do you not know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? That's James uh, 2.17. James 2.26, he drives it home again. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. How many know dead is what? Come on. Come on. Dead means what? Dead. He said, if you claim you got faith and ain't nothing in your life backing it up, your faith is jacked. <laughs> your faith is just chatter. Your faith has no weight. Here's what he's saying. Now watch this. You see, James was wanting to bring this thing home. And like he said in James 2.26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James is driving home the main point that faith is much more than saying you believe, but, there, but faith is about Acting like you believe. See, how many know there's a big difference? Amen. But then James does something really unique. He says, let me give you an example. Ah, let me, let me take you back to Abraham. Y'all know who Abraham is, right? He says, Abraham now, who was the father of our faith. And that's really a way of God saying that Abraham was the, the pinnacle. He was the example. He was, he was in a sense, he was the found, he was a, he was a perfect example of what it really meant 
to walk in faith. So when you want to say, what does real faith look like? What does it mean to walk in faith? Then what you got to do is, James says, I want you to go back and take a look at Abraham. Because Abraham is going to show you what real faith is. And watch this, church. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. He says now, and look at this, verse 21 through 24. He says, for not, for was not Abraham our father, oh, watch this, justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Whoa, look at that. Now, now, watch. I'm going to give you a little bit of information about that here in a second. He said, do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect, watch this, or complete. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, here it is, I love this, Abraham believed God. Don't y'all like that? Say that with me. Abraham believed God. Say it with me. Say it just like I said it. Abraham believed God. I, I like that. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he, Abraham, was called the friend of God. You see that a man is not justified by works, but uh, not justified by works and not by faith only. So let's look at a couple examples of Abraham. So Abraham is our example. Abraham is a father of faith because uh, how many know that Abraham had the kind of faith that I call crazy faith? Abraham had the kind of faith that would make you be like, whoa, brother. Abraham had the kind of faith that, you know, it was way out there. And so God shows up in Abraham's life, I believe, in Genesis chapter 12. Y'all remember that? When God said to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want to show you a great place, son. I'm going to make of you a great nation, and, 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 and kings are going to come out of you. And, 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 but, but here's what I need you to do. I need you, Abraham, who, who, who was fairly wealthy at the time. He said, I need you to drop everything. Everybody say everything. He said, I need you to drop everything. I want you to leave your family, everything that you're familiar with, everything you've come to be comfortable with. I want you to get up and I want you to go. Now, if that were me, I'd have been like, the first question I'd been like, okay, God, first, I got to figure out, is this God talking to me, right? Then secondly, uh, my next question is going to be, uh, wait, where are we going? <laughs> I mean, is that, right? Come on, somebody. Like, God, where are we going? He said, I ain't going to tell you yet. <laughs> he said, I ain't going to tell you yet. So Abraham went out. Not knowing, the scripture said, not knowing where he was going, but just had a word from God. Said, you know what? I believe God, so I'm just going to go. How many know that some of you have been waiting on God to move? God been waiting on you to move. Well, I believe it when I see it. Well, you know what? You ain't going to see it. Because how many know the things of God? See, the kingdom of God is totally different. Everything. And so Abraham shows that he's our example. Abraham was a man. Abraham said, look, here's what when God speaks and God says something. How many know God says stuff sometimes? Nah. Oftentimes it doesn't make sense to the natural. Right? So when God asks you to do something, your first response is, that don't make sense. That's hard. It's against my flesh. It's against my nature. Good. Because that's where the power of God, that's the stream by which the power of God flows through. Some people never, ever get that. And so watch this. So watch this. And so Abraham went out 
did not know where he was going, but said simply, said, I just believe God. So he went on walking. And then to make matters worse, I'll tell you another example of Abraham. Abraham been praying for this son for some 20 years. God told Abraham, said, look, I'm going to give you a son. I'm, I'm gonna, the promised son, he's going to come out of your loins, Abraham. The promise of Isaac. He said, I'm going to give you that son. And, and after all them years, Sarah was barren. All those years, all of a sudden, God shows up. And God fulfills his promise. How do we know God always fulfilled his word? Uh, I, yeah, see, y'all don't believe that. How do we know that God always fulfilled his word? See, you tripping because it ain't been fulfilled in your time frame. How many know it ain't, it ain't about your time frame? It's about the kingdom because God, oh God, God works outside of time. You're on the clock. God ain't. Do y'all understand that? All right. So Abraham, so after all that praying, believing, all that, God, God says, okay, Abraham, I want you to take, watch this. You can go back and read it yourself. He says, take your only son. In fact, he says, watch this. He says, take the one that you love. God knew. He said, he said now, I want you to take the son, that one, and I want you to take the one that you are, you are crazy in love. Take, God, God knew how much Abraham loved his boy. He said, here's what I want you to do, Abraham. I want you to take your own, that, that son right there, the promise. I want you to take the one that you love and offer him up as a sacrifice. Oh, God. I don't know about you, but Abraham, now watch. Now, now Abraham hears this, and there's no evidence from the scripture that I can read, because I looked, that Abraham opposed it one second. God spoke to Abraham, I want you to do it. Didn't make, how many know that don't make sense? Wait a minute, God, you tell me to wait. And then you tell me that, that kings are going to come out of me. This is the promise. And now you're going to tell me to take the son that I've been praying for. And you want me to go off? God, this doesn't make any sense. Didn't anybody ever had a moment when you said, God, this don't make any sense. This God, I don't know what this, what's up with this? This, this, this is crazy. This is God. <laughs> this is God. And so, and so Abraham knew one thing, and you've got to know this too. When it came point in time for Abraham to do this, the Bible says Abraham stopped for a moment. He thought about it. In fact, I'm going to read this. Watch this. This is Genesis. This is Hebrews chapter 11. I don't think I gave you this verse. So, so Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 19. Look at this. It says, Watch. It says, by faith, when he, Abraham, was tested. Now, how many know your faith is going to get tested? Oh, come on. Look, at, look back at me. Look up. I want you to understand that the way that you solidify your faith, the way that your faith is demonstrated is your faith is going to be tested. Because until your faith has been tested, you don't have real faith yet. It's going to be tested. See, it came a point in time when God knew the, the significance and God knew the, the, the grandeur of what he wanted to build in the earth. And so he needed a vessel that would believe him. He needed somebody that wouldn't question him, that would go off of the deep end. Is there anybody in this room today who have that kind of faith? Oh, raise your hand because I will be talking with you. Look at you all quiet. Eh? 
It says, by faith, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. Listen to this church. And, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Watch this. Verse 19. Here's the kicker. Here's what, here's what, what Abraham was thinking. <clears throat> so, Because my, my, my question was, what was going on in Abraham's mind when God had made him a promise, gave him a son, and told him, go offer up the son, the, the one you love. Go, go, go. What was, what was in Abraham's mind? Well, it is right here. It says, concluding that God was able to raise him up, <laughs> even from the dead, which he also received him in a figurative sense. So, he, so in other words, here was Abraham thinking. Abraham was thinking, okay, God made me a promise. You've already seen Abraham just obedient to God. Abraham just, I mean, Abraham is, Abraham ain't talking. How many know that Abraham didn't talk about his faith? He moved toward what he believed. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Abraham was always moving toward what he was believing. And so what Abraham said was, he said, he sit there and reason, reason when, this, when God came with this proposition to him. He says, I don't want you to take, Abraham thought, he says, well, but God didn't. God made me a promise. So that means if God want me to kill him, then obviously God's going to raise him from the dead. Why? Because God made me a promise and I know God can't lie. So, boy, saddle up. We're going. And, and the Bible says that when he got ready to, and how many know Abraham was going to go and do it? And, and, and the angel stopped him. Abraham wasn't like, he wasn't going like, uh, uh, God, uh, uh, no, no, no. The angel had to go, hold up, boy, wait, wait, wait. And God said from that moment, he's a boy, now I know. I know, boy, I know now. I can believe you, boy, but you have shown some crazy faith as there's no reason why that Abraham is called the father of our faith because he walked that thing out. But see, here's the thing. It says, watch this, that the Abraham faith was incomplete. Watch this. Until he acted on what he believed. Can I say to you, your faith is incomplete until you act on what you say you believe. Are y'all with me? Hey? Your faith is incomplete. See, your faith is demonstrated, it is perfected when there's some kind of action attached to it. Oh, so, so here's the question. So we got to ask ourselves a question. So, so what are we doing to demonstrate we believe in God? Right? What are we doing? Oh, God, I'm believing God to... Give us a big church. Fill up the chairs. How many know that's a worthy thing to believe God for? Come on. Hello? How many, how many know people represent souls? That's why you're here. Some of, you, some, of you, some of us think we're here just to survive. You're here just to pay your bills. You're not here to pay your bills. You're not here to just go eat and have a... You are here to win souls to Jesus. Get it into your spirit. You're not here. The other stuff is a byproduct. The real reason why you're here is for that reason. So you say, well, I, I'm believing God to, to give us a big church. Then here's the thing. What work have you done to verify that you believe in God for that? I mean, I'm believing God for, have you invited anybody? Are you willing to, for example, something that's coming up, are you willing to place pamphlets on doors and invite people to come? How many know that just talking about sin back saying, I'm just believing God. I'm just believing God. Oh, yeah, I, I, I want a job. I want a job. Oh, uh, I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to pray and just believe God. 
How many know at some point you gotta, you probably gotta pick up the wanted ads, you probably gotta step out, you probably gotta make a couple phone calls? How many know faith without works is what? Dead. See, are you willing to sacrifice time and money and energy to support things that will advance God's kingdom? See, this is this is goes to you don't really know somebody's serious yet about something until they invest in it. Y'all hear what I'm saying, church? You don't know, you don't even know what you're really serious about yet until you're willing to put the time in and to sacrifice. Look at this. See, I'm believing God for a financial blessing. How many believe in God for a financial blessing? Raise your hand. Come on. I'm just asking. Don't apply, don't apply. How many believe? How many? Let me answer you a question. What are you doing to demonstrate you believe God for a financial blessing? Are you a tither? Are you giving to God's work? Are you sowing into his kingdom? You see, if it's Talk and no action is incomplete. It is just talk. Now watch this. Now, how many know faith? They were talking about faith. So, so that was the definition of real faith. Kind of a long definition, but real faith, I kind of wanted to show you that the real faith has an action attached to it. So when somebody say they believe in God for something, I'm believing God for this, the next question you need to ask him is, okay, then what are you doing to demonstrate you believe? Well, nothing. Well, they don't really believe yet. You, you, ain't, you ain't there yet. Because if you really believe, you start walking toward what you believe. You start acting on what you say you believe. So we, so we got to understand that faith, faith is our access into the kingdom of God. Everybody say access. Faith is everything. If you're going to access the things of God, you got to understand that. So, I got, I borrowed Crystal's, her access card to her job. This is Crystal's. All right. Now, so she works for, I believe, Navy Federal. Am I all right? So I have my own access card, you know, and I, I work, my other job is I work as a police officer. And to access those buildings, you know, you know I got a certain card to access police facilities. See, so I can't take Crystal's access card that is for Navy Federal and try to go swipe it and get into the buildings where I work. Why not? It's not a difficult question, guys. Why not? Why won't it work? Not authorized. Have no authority. Right? So in order to get in Navy Federal, just to be able to walk in, I have to have access. I need this unless somebody else got to get me in. See, here's what, I'm trying to get, here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. See, the way that you get into the things of God or access the kingdom of God is through faith. Everybody say faith. Faith is the access to the things of God. See, you can't get it by crying. You can't, listen, you can't access the thing of God by manipulation. You can't access the thing of God by feeling sorry for yourself. I mean, the access, of, the access card of, of doubt the access card of unbelief, the access card of, uh, 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 of skepticism, or the access card of depression. How many know you can't access the kingdom of God with that? The way to access the thing of God is through faith. Faith is the access into the kingdom of God. It's everything. Well, I'm believing God for stuff. If you're going to believe God for anything, if you want God to do anything in your life, you got to come by faith. 
can't come to the pity party. You can't come complaining. You've got to believe. Everybody say, believe. you got to believe. Hebrews says, but without faith, this is Hebrews 11, 6. Well, Pastor, where you get that from? Without faith, it is impossible. Wow, that's a bold statement. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Y'all, do you understand how important faith is now? He said, it's impossible. He says, those who come to God must first believe that he is. <laughs> Watch this. And he rewards those that come running diligently after him. You got to believe that. James put it this way. James, funny. James says, now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So we understand that faith is the cornerstone. It's the most important thing. And, and look at the neighbor and say this. And say, your faith. Now look at them and say, your faith. See, Jesus responds to your faith. You remember the woman that had the issue of blood? For 12 years, she was hemorrhaging blood. She went to all the doctors, spent everything she had trying to get right, trying to get healed. I mean, this woman, she, I mean, she did everything. And, and boy, if anybody had a reason to give up and quit, she probably had it. Hey, you know, I'm done, man. I'm 12 years. I'm broke. I'm sitting here. I can't stop this bleeding. I'm over. But, but, but she heard of a man named Jesus. Now, watch this. And, and, and I'm going to read this word. And suddenly a woman, this is Matthew 9, 20 through 22. You can just write it down and look it up later. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garments. For she said to herself, see, how many know that sometimes faith make you talk to yourself? If oh, anybody ever talk to themselves, I do sometimes. Faith. He said, she said, watch this, he said, if only I may touch his garments, I will be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. He said, watch this. Your faith has made you well. Everybody say, your faith. It was her faith, not Jesus' faith. It was her faith, her belief in God, because she could have sat there, but how many know she got up, she pressed through the crowd, she could have sat there and said, I'm just going to pray and believe that Jesus is going to come and he's going to knock on my door. He's going to walk in here and he's going to heal me. How many know if she would have did that, she would have never got it. But how I many know she got up out of that house? She said, I'm getting, I'm sick, I'm bleeding, but you know what? I got to get up out of here. I'm not going to stay in this condition. She pressed through the crowd and she said, I'm going to touch him. And how I many know faith calls her to move? They can't even say move. Faith causes you to move. Real faith is not sitting, real faith is acting. Moving, believing means I'm moving. I'm not believing unless I'm moving toward what I say I'm believing God for. And so we find the two, but I'm just real quick. Can I have a couple more minutes? A couple more minutes. I, it's good. I'm making good. All right. See, when y'all shout back amen to me, y'all, 
And y'all say, like, amen, pastor, good job. Then y'all make me, I preach better when y'all do that. But y'all just sit there and look at me like y'all depressed. Then you know, I just, so, so y'all, y'all sowing, you want to, you want to sow what you want. Come on, church. Come on. You got to sow from faith in, sow some faith in the word that you're getting. You know, two people can be in the same place, hear the same word, one get delivered, the other stay in the same spot. Because what is one sitting here with no faith, saying, oh, hey, been finished, so I can go home and do what? Watch TV? Sleep some more? Amen. I mean, like, I don't know why we're in a rush. I mean, like, ah, but I don't get heavier, heavier forward. God speaking, man. God just unpeeped the, I mean, no, you're getting the word of God this morning. You don't want to get excited about that. Faith. You know, the blind man, so in, in, in Matthew 9.27, when Jesus departed, this is 9.27 to verse 30, Matthew 9.27, verse 30. Look at it. Two blind men. When Jesus departed from there, the two blind men followed him, crying out. Followed him. Followed him. Everybody say, followed him. Follow him. Follow him. Crying out. So two blind men following Jesus, and, and somebody probably would say, hey, hey, dude. And they, they started screaming, Jesus. How many know when you get desperate, you start hollering? And you don't care what people say around you. How many know real faith, when it gets real, when it gets, when, I'm going to tell you something, when faith, when it gets down to the, to the dirty, real faith, boy, you just, you, you, you just, you, you lose yourself. See, some of us ain't going to never experience what God had because we're too self-conscious. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's a word right there. Somebody need to get that. See, you need to get off of yourself. You need to lose yourself and trust in God. Stop thinking about how they're going to look at you, how they're going to treat you, whether or not they like you. Listen, they're going to talk about you anyway. I don't care about whether you like me. You think I got up here this morning thinking about I hope they like me. I don't come up here because I'm worried about y'all. I don't need that. I want to preach a word that will help you in Jesus' name. I, listen, I don't care if you don't like me. What's more important to me is that you get what God has for you. And he said, watch this. He said, watch this. And, and he said, and when he had come into the house, a blind man came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe I can, I'm able to do this? Do you believe it, son? They said, yes, Lord. He touched their eyes. He said, according to your faith, your faith. See, it's about your faith, about your belief. The blind man got up. Blind, they, blind mean they couldn't see. But they're going to, how many know there was some determination in there somewhere? I'm going to find them. I'm blind. But, oh, good God. I'm going to figure out a way to get to Jesus and nothing going to stop me. I'm going to scrub out that. That's, listen, that's why they were screaming. Get up. Where you at? I need it. How many know you? Some of us, we just need to do it. Who was it in the Bible then? They said, was it Jacob that wrestled? That wrestled God. He said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Ha, ha, tenacious faith. So I ain't going nowhere. Some of us need to be like that, man. To, God, I ain't going to let you go. God, I ain't going to move on this place until you do something. Not going to go nowhere until you bless me. Oh, gosh. Lastly, look at this. I'm, I'm going to say a couple things about atmosphere. Everybody say atmosphere. So we're talking about the church and we're talking about the kind of people we need to be. And I understand that sometimes, you know, church goes through seasons and, you know, we're going through a season and, you know, some people have transitioned and, and I know people are sitting here and they're thinking, but, but, but here's the thing. How many know the atmosphere is important? Atmosphere. 
atmosphere is important to God. Atmosphere is important to God. Jesus, he came, and just, just write this, I don't have time to read it. But in Matthew chapter 13, verses 53 and 58, Jesus came to his own hometown. You know, whenever you go home, a lot of times, you, most of us, we care about home, right? You know, we leave home and things are happening for us. Man, we get excited, right? <clears throat> I want to go back home and show everybody, man, what, what God's been doing for me. And, you know, when I, when I went to college and I got a job and, you know, and I, you know, I felt like I kind of made it out of the hood a little bit. I, I wanted to go back home. You know, home is home. I want to go back and just, hey, God, look what God did in my life. I'm really, really excited. I have people I grew up with. And here's Jesus. Jesus grew up with people. It was his hometown. So he goes back to his hometown, and, and, and you would think, man, he, he, his, this man, Jesus, come back, and he's all popular, and no doubt they had heard about all the miracles that he did, and you would think they would be excited to see him, and oh, Jesus, I heard about him. The Bible said when Jesus came there, and how I many know when Jesus was coming there, watch, wanting to do miracles, wanting to do something significant. But when he got there, his own people. He said, prophet is without honor except in his own country. They were offended. They said, well, who do you think you are? You ever went home, you ever like made a little bit of success and then you go back home and then somebody in the group would be like, who do you think you are? They look at Jesus and say, who do you think you are, Jesus? Hey, you, are, you grew up with us. We know who you are. And Jesus said, he said, I, the Bible says that Jesus only healed a few folk. But he said he couldn't do many mighty. He said, I couldn't do mighty works there because the people there did not believe. So watch this. Their unbelief hindered the flow of the power. The atmosphere wasn't charged with faith. Jesus wanted to work but the move was limited to the faith of the people. How I many you know we as a church will only go as far as our faith will take us? Let me say that again. Foundation Church, we as a people will only go as far as our faith take us. And so Jesus couldn't do any work. He couldn't move in that atmosphere because it was filled with doubt, unbelief, jealousy, anger. How I many know God can't work out of none of that stuff? So if we want Jesus to move, how I many know that we have to have an atmosphere full of faith? And I, I'm a firm believer. You know, the Bible says sometime, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, you remember another story, and I'm not, I don't have time to turn there, but you know another story in the Bible when Jesus raised this little girl from the dead and there were a lot of people mocking Jesus right before Jesus uh, raised the lady from the dead. They were laughing at him, mocking him, you know, and, and, and Jesus put all of them out. So for the mom and dad, and the mom, dad, and a couple of folks that believe, he put it, he said, everybody else get out. Before he did the miracle, he said, go. See, sometimes God would make, God got to trim off the fat. In order for us, for you to be what God wants you to be, to go where God wants you to go, sometimes he got to cut off the stuff that's holding you down. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Sometimes God will prune you that you might bring forth much fruit. And sometimes if the atmosphere is not right, well, God will cut off what is not making the atmosphere what it needs to be conducive for what he wants to do, which is God, how many believe God want to do miracles among us? Come on, look, look, how many believe that God want to do a miracle in this house? 
God want to do a miracle. But you know, y'all say y'all waiting on God. God waiting on us. I'm convinced of that, man. God is waiting on us. He let y'all get busy. Y'all get excited. Y'all start preaching faith. This is, this is what we got to do, church. We can't lose our faith. We got to keep working. Look, God, keep serving. Keep working. Keep loving. Keep giving. Uh, we got to keep sacrificing. We got to keep doing all those things as if we believe that God is with us. And the minute that you start taking shortcuts and not giving God your best, it's a sign that there's foundation, there's a crack in your belief foundation. You're not believing God. And when you stop believing God, then you're just going through the motions. Here's what I'm trying to say. If we're in this thing anyway, then listen, just look at the name and say, let's just believe God. Look at your name and say, let's just believe God. So we got to work anyway. Let's believe. Let's just believe him. Because I mean, know that faith is for a lot of us. Listen, for us and, and whatever you're going through in your life, I believe this. Faith is your way out. You got to believe your way out. You got to believe your way out. God is just wanting you to believe him. He already told you, yeah, you're going to have trials. Yeah, it's going to be hard sometimes. Yes, things are going to hit your life in a way that is going to baffle you, but you got to understand I knew that and yet I still called you and I expect you to behave and conduct yourself as a man, woman of faith like you know that I'm in charge. Is there anybody in this room that believes that God's in charge? And he's in charge. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what it looks like in the natural. God's in charge. And if you don't believe that, you need to get your faith up. See, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, Pastor, how do I get my faith up? What are you listening to mostly? Are you stimulating your faith? Are, are, are you building your faith in such a way <clears throat> that when the rains and the winds and all the stuff blows on your life, man, you can still stand firm and say, God, God, I'm with you. I'm with you, God. God, I'm with you. We can do this. God, we're going to win the city. God, we're going to change lives. God, we're going to do this. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. You walk by faith, not by sight. Pastor, why are you so excited this morning? Because I walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> I'm your example. I walk by faith and not by sight. And when you see me down and busted and disgusted and woe is me, you better start praying. But I purpose to live the rest of my days. Wherever God has me, I'm going to believe him. And I'm believing the best for this church. I'm believing the best for you. I'm believing that everything that God promised us, everything is in our heart and everything is in our spirit. We're going we're gonna to press and, 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 and listen, just know that God knows better. He knows better. He's working in our lives to will and do of his good pleasure. There's some things that God is doing we don't even know about. We just, the Bible says, what's that verse in Galatians 6, 9? It's, um, be not weary in well-doing for you will reap if you faint not that's it don't quit on God don't quit on God if you feel like he's abandoning you don't quit on him stay with him stay with him the harder it gets the closer you get to God you all hear that the harder it gets get closer to God 
get closer to his people, get closer to his word, and your life will be transformed. Amen. Oh, guys, I went over. Sorry. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. In Jesus' name. Father, we